Hey there, it's Lauren Hooker, and this is the podcast version of my weekly LChat live stream. The video version of this episode has some really useful visuals, a comment section to interact with other viewers, and even a short Q&A at the end. So if you want to check that out, head on over to ellencompanydesign.com slash LChat, where you'll find this and lots of other episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey there, and welcome to LChat, a weekly power hour of practical tips and strategies to help you start and scale your creative business. I'm your host, Lauren Hooker, and in today's episode, I'm sharing the reason behind why I deleted 7,000 subscribers from my list a couple weeks ago. I know that sounds crazy, especially after we all put so much time into growing our mailing lists, but it was a strategic move that's actually helped my list and increased my engagement. And I have some pretty interesting stats to prove it. I'm sharing those stats along with how I went about this crazy move and my future plans for my list in this week's L chat. Let's dive in. And so this is a great place to be today, and I hope that you take a bunch away from it. Um, I think we put so much emphasis on mailing lists and getting people on our mailing list, but we don't put as much effort into managing it and organizing it, which can also be a bear. So um, today I'm going to be sharing what I've been doing recently and how I'm approaching my mailing list and even some goals that I have for the future for my mailing list. A lot of times with these L chats and with blog posts and all the content I share, um, I, I usually share after I feel like I've mastered something or I've been able to do it and seen success from it. So it's a little scary to say, I'm going to share exactly what I'm doing now. Um, and, and we'll see how it works. Um, so I hope that y'all are excited about that too. All right, so that's a little bit about the platform and why I wanted to jump on to talk to you about mailing lists today. And I'm just going to jump right into the content. Let me share my screen with you real quick. I have some slides today. So like I said a moment ago, we tend to put so much focus on building our list and not as much focus, well, on building our list through things like opt-ins and prominent places, content upgrades, quizzes, and that sort of thing to get people on our list. But how much time are we actually putting into managing our list or organizing it? Because everyone talks about the benefits of a mailing list and that the money is in the list. And, um, and I've written a ton of blog posts on what the benefits of a mailing list are, but you aren't going to reap those benefits and you're not going to be very effective with your mailing list if you aren't being strategic about how you're using it and spending a lot of time getting people onto your list and then not using any strategy once people are on your list to appeal to them, um, create engagement, and create more conversions. So what I suggest that you do, and this is helpful for me recently, one of my assistants and I sat down and tried to come up with the goals for not only the mailing list side of things for that marketing channel, also for social media, I think it's always good to consider your why. And so what is your goal for your list? Um, not only to just create your list and get more people onto your list, but how are you going to use your list? What are some goals? And um, 
It might be more than one goal. Some of my goals are to foster engagement with my followers. Um, engagement has been a huge thing that's been on my mind lately. How can I connect with my followers? How can um, I create a conversation with them and relate to them? Um, so greater engagement is one of my goals for my list. I also want to drive more website traffic. How can I use my emails to drive people back to my website, back to blog posts and signing up for L chats and that sort of thing, um, especially during launch time. How can I drive people back to landing pages for my courses or whatever it is that um, I'm trying to promote? And then to also increase the number of conversions, how many people are buying and purchasing. So these might be some of your top goals and I encourage you to sit down and think through what your goals for your list are. Because then when you say, okay, I want to foster a greater engagement. Well, engagement looks a lot of times like click-throughs. Um, you have a link there and they click it. Well, that means that you need to increase your open rates and you need to increase your click-through rates. So when you set these big goals, you can start to break it down into what exactly that looks like on your list. Um, so set those top goals. Even maybe tell me in the comment section what your goals are for your list if you've already thought this through. And Gina, thank you for telling me that I do a great job with engagement. I'm trying. Trying to get better and better at it. I think that's, that's one of the keys. Corey says one of his is to increase sales. So to increase the number, or she, I'm so sorry. Increase sales um, and increase the number of conversions. That's awesome. And a list is great for that. Alyssa says increase sales. Sandy, website traffic. Femi, website traffic. Awesome. Those are great goals. So keep that in mind as you're coming up with strategies for your list. Caitlin says sales and traffic. Awesome. Seems like a lot of these are going to be similar, but I feel like we get so wrapped up in creating our list and getting people on our list that we for, we lose sight of our goals. I get a lot of questions of how should I be using my list? What should I be writing about in my newsletter? And it all boils down to these goals. So hopefully it'll help you with a sense of direction. So as I sat down and started thinking about these goals and greater engagement, I started to think about um, how I could clean up the list that I already had and kind of start from scratch in a way with a new with some new ideas that I had for my list and so um, I wanted to start fresh by cleaning my list the benefits of cleaning your list if you already have one is that when you delete your cold subscribers and all cold subscribers are anyone who hasn't opened or clicked an email from you in the last 90 days and has been subscribed for at least 30 days. So these are the people on your list who are just sitting there taking up space. They're receiving your emails, but they aren't opening them and they're definitely not clicking on any links. They're not helping you reach any of those goals that you have for your list. They probably opted in through a content upgrade that they found somewhere and they got their content upgrade and then they just aren't interested in the rest of what you're what you're sending. Um, and so the benefits of getting rid of those cold subscribers are that you're going to have higher engagement because you're getting rid of the people who aren't bothering opening your emails. Um, you're going to have fewer unsubscribers because the people getting your emails will actually want to be receiving them if they're opening them and clicking on the links. That means they're probably enjoying the content. So they're not going to be unsubscribing. You're kind of doing them the favor if they're a cold subscriber and unsubscribing them from your list um, for them. 
And then one thing for me that I realized, especially after I saw how many cold subscribers I had, was that I wouldn't have to pay so much for ConvertKit each month because they do it by tiers. And I love ConvertKit and I would, it's definitely worth the money. But um, they have different tiers and different brackets. So if you have um, $8,000 or $8,000, not $8,000, you're not paying $8,000 to ConvertKit, I hope. Um, $8,000 or $8,000 subscribers on your list, you're going to be paying a different price than somebody who has 50,000 subscribers on your list. Um, so they put you into brackets. So if you have a ton of people on your list who are just sitting there and not engaging or not opening your content, um, then you don't have to pay as much every month. And I'm all about that. So if somebody isn't enjoying the content, then get them off my list. Um, that's okay. I want the people who are enjoying my content. So. Um, this is what my list looked like a month ago. I had 22,368 subscribers at the time, which was great, but that those all of those people had been sitting there, if they hadn't unsubscribed, for well over a year, maybe even two years, because I had never cleaned out my, my cold subscribers. And so, um, a couple weeks ago, I went in and I took a look at my cold subscribers in ConvertKit. And I don't know if y'all can see that, those of you who are tuning in live and looking at these slides, but it says that I had 7,070 cold subscribers on my list, which meant that only 15,000 people were actually opening my emails and engaging with them um, every week. So that's a lot of people. That's almost 30% of my list who isn't opening my emails for one reason or another. Um, maybe because they don't want to receive the content. Maybe for some reason it's, it's landing in their spam folder. Um, whatever it is, they aren't receiving it and not engaging in it. So once I got over the initial shock of that number, which if you go in to ConvertKit, and I'll show you how to do that in just a second, um, if you go in and look at it, you might be shocked too. Once you get over that shock, then you can say, okay, I'm going to get rid of those cold subscribers and give my content to people who are really enjoying it and engaging with it. Um, it's a win-win for you and for, and for the people who you boot off your list because they obviously aren't enjoying it. You're doing them a favor. So how to find and tag your cold subscribers in ConvertKit. I'm going to walk you through the steps. First, you're going to create a new tag um, called cold subscribers. So before you ever look for your cold subscribers, you can go into your subscriber um, panel right at the top. And I'll make this page a little bit bigger so you all can see it um, who are tuning in live. So you can go into subscribers in the top window, and if you go under tags, um, you, there's a space to create a new tag, and you can just name it cold subscribers. So that's what I went in and did. Then um, up at the top, which I can't show you right now, but there's a place where it says confirmed subscribers right up at the top. If you click on it, it's a drop down, and you can scroll down to your cold subscribers, and it'll pull up with all of the cold subscribers on your list. And there might be pages and pages. Usually only 30 subscribers pop up at a time. Um, and so you, you might have to go through pages to see um, how many subscribers are there. So once you see that, you can click on your subscribers. There's a button right up at the top um, where you can select all of your subscribers. 
and make sure that you are selecting all of them on every page. There's also a way to do that at the top. And then go into your bulk actions right in the top right corner and click tag. Find that cold subscribers tag and you can tag all of your cold subscribers. But don't delete them just yet. Um, you want to give them a chance to, to stay on your list if they really are interested. So that's how you find your cold subscribers. Um, but don't get rid of them just yet. Give them one final chance. And you can do that by sending them an email. So send them one final, final email, or maybe you send them a series of emails that just says, um, that has a catchy subject line to get their attention, and then ask them if they want to stay on your list. Um, and you can include a link trigger that will untag them from your cold subscribers if you click it. So here's an example. Here's what I sent to everyone who is a cold subscriber. I just put together a broadcast, um, separated it by the cold subscribers tag, and I just said, hey there, I want to make sure I'm only sending emails to my readers who are getting a lot of value from them and enjoy reading them. So I'm removing the subscribers who aren't opening or reading my emails each week. My stats show that you fall into that category. Is that true? If so, no action is required. You'll get removed from my list sometime next week. But if you're freaking out right now thinking, wait, I love your emails, click the link below to keep receiving them. And I have a link that says, don't delete me. Best, Lauren. I tried to keep it really short. Um, I named it something like, I forget what I named it. I should have included that on there. Sorry, guys. Um, named it something that was a little bit more intriguing. And some people told me that they um, they save them for later, and that's why. Um, but a lot of people ended up clicking the Don't Delete Me button, and a lot of them ended up staying on my list. The way I sent that, set that up was just through a link trigger. So I went in and said, um, if this person clicks this link, or anyone who clicks this link, um, remove the cold subscriber tag from them. And you can do that in ConvertKit. It's super easy. I can even include a link um, to finding your cold subscribers and link triggers in um, the show notes for this episode. So I'll be sure to do that for you. That Those will come out on Monday. Um, but that way, people who didn't want to stay on my list, they didn't even have to do anything. They didn't have to even click to unsubscribe. Um, I would just go ahead and, and delete them the next week. But I did want to give people um, an opportunity to get to stay on my list if they wanted to stay on my list. So you can write something short and sweet and just tell them why you're doing it, that you want to make sure that they are enjoying your content, um, and then and then how it works. And then follow through on it which was a little scary. I call it a grace period. I also like to tell them um, that they would be receiving it or they would be getting the boot the next week. So tell them when your grace period is going to end. And then when that grace period ends, you can pull the trigger, which is really kind of scary. But you can go and click um, the cold subscriber tag. It's going to be separated um, for you. So anybody who clicked that link, they'll be removed from that tag. So you don't have to worry about deleting them. You can click that cold subscriber tag, um, select all the subscribers again, just like you did to create the tag, and then use a bulk action to delete them. Um, and it's hilarious. Um, when I went to do this, I was taking screenshots because I thought maybe I'll share about this later. And ConvertKit has a screen that pops up and says, whoa, this will permanently delete 
7,070 subscribers from your account, um, including all their subscriptions and tags. If you're sure, type do it in the box below to confirm. And I was messaging my assistants going, am I actually going to do it? It was a little scary, but I did. I clicked, I typed in do it, clicked the confirm button, and after a few minutes, um, my list went down to 15,299 people, which is a little, uh, a little crazy. But I knew that those 15,000 people were actually clicking on my emails, opening them, and um, clicking the links. So I knew that they would actually enjoy them. Um, so... Yes, that's how I went about cleaning out my list and ConvertKit makes it really simple. If you use a different platform, it might look a little bit different for you, but all I did was um, kind of Google how to do it and um, came up with an article really quickly. So if you use something like MailChimp, I'm sure someone's written an article about it somewhere that you can go to and refer back to. Um, and then once I deleted all of those cold subscribers from my list and kind of had a fresh start knowing these are the subscribers who are actually interested, I wanted to start organizing my list. I had a ton of tags in there. I have a ton of opt-ins. It can get out of control really quickly. I don't know about y'all, but... Um, and it's not one of those things that I look forward to doing. Like, yes, I'm going to go in and organize my... ConvertKit account. That's not very exciting, but it can come in handy, especially if you're trying to reach certain goals th through your list. And one of the ways that you can do that is through segmenting, which sounds more complicated than it actually is. Segmenting is just creating groups for your subscribers. The way that ConvertKit does this um, is you have all of your subscribers and you can give them tags for their certain interests. Interest. So you can say if they opt in through this content upgrade for the brand challenge, then I'm going to tag them for branding because I know that they have an interest in it. And so if I offer something on branding in the future, I can target that part of my list. Um, but I've, I'm going to start doing that, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I first wanted to segment my list according to the type of content that people wanted to receive. So once I, actually the same week that I deleted all of those cold subscribers, I sent out an email to those 15,000 people and said um, something along the lines of, I create a lot of content for Ellen Company week after week. Um, L chats, blog posts, my newsletter, and I don't want you to miss out on all that new helpful content that's going to benefit your business because that's probably why you're following along with Ellen Company in the first place. So I said, which content do you want to receive from Ellen Company? Click all that apply. And so I let them click on if they wanted to um, stay up to date on new blog posts that they could click on that link. If they wanted to stay up to date on these LChat webinars and podcast episodes, they could click that link. And if they just wanted to continue receiving action steps and roundups, et cetera, in the weekly newsletter, um, they could click that link. So I wanted to start segmenting my list according to the content. The reason I did this, too, was because um, I didn't want to send out an email to my whole list, one for an L chat every week, one for blog posts every week, and one for newsletters if they weren't interested in seeing all that content and getting three emails. Um, 
But I also didn't want to use my newsletter to keep pointing back to the L chat every week. I wanted to provide some premium content for people. And so this allowed me to kind of see exactly what people were looking for and give them what they want. Um, and so I started, I created some tags, one for blog subscribers, one for newsletter subscribers, and one for LChat subscribers. I set up the link triggers just like I did in that previous email. And people started clicking on these links when they got this email. Um, and now I have people who might be receiving three emails a week from me, one for new blog posts on Fridays, one for these L chats on Mondays, and one for the newsletters newsletter that goes out on Tuesday. But not everyone is receiving the same content. And that's what's great about having your list and using a platform like ConvertKit with all these segments and tags is because you no two subscribers are alike. Their interests are going to be different. Um, they, what they want to see from you is going to be different. And so um, you're able to target them and give them exactly what they want by being strategic on the back end of your list. So at the very least, even um, creating tags for the different type of content and allowing people to choose might be helpful for you, um, just like it was for me. And here are some of the results of actually doing that, which was which I was able to see right away. So from cleaning out those cold subscribers and then also segmenting my list, this was um, the same week. You can see that my open rates, I didn't show you this before, but my open rates were like in the 20% range, which is really low um, or it had been low for me. And so you can see that um, this email down here that I named, It's Okay, You Can Be Nosy, that was sent out to blog subscribers after they clicked that link in my, my previous email. My open rate is nearly 80%. So it went from 20% to 80%. Granted, it's going out to a lot less people, but I also had a 30, almost 32% click rate. Um, and so it was driving traffic back to blog posts. So that's that's pretty significant for me, at least. Um, for this one, it was a 40% open rate, um, 4.3, or maybe that's even 14.3% click rate. Um, and then you can see these two right here, 78% open rate, 72% open rate with a 24% click rate, which is awesome. That's what I was looking for. One of my top goals that I set was engagement and um, and higher open rates and click rates. And you can also see here that a lot of these have zero or one subs unsubscribers. Um, and even the unsubscriber numbers went down too. So when you're sending people content that they actually want to receive, you're going to see a lot less unsubscribers. Now, you're going to have some unsubscribers. Um, that's natural. That's a mark of a healthy list. You're going to have people who sign up for something and then want to get off of your list. That's okay. Um, but if you have a ton of people unsubscribing all of the time and a, and a pretty hefty percentage, um, those are potential clients and customers who are jumping off your list, and, and you might want to find out why that is. So through segmenting, you can decrease the number of people who are unsubscribing from your list um, and through going through those cold subscribers. Um, but you can see how effective it was, and it continues to be effective. My open rates now are between 50 and 80 percent, um, and my click-through rates have have jumped super high too, just through using um, that one way of segmenting my list and using those tags for the different type of content. So, 
that gave me an idea for how I can be using segments and tags in the future. And actually, I have a blog post coming out on segments and tags in ConvertKit next week. So stay tuned for that. Um, I, I hope it'll be really helpful for those of you who use that platform. But I'm going to let you in on some future plans for managing my list and why I'm taking a certain approaches to my list. Um, I really haven't put as much thought and effort into managing my list as I would care to admit. So here's what I'm working on. Um, if you follow along with the Ellen Company newsletter, you might see that this week's, this past Tuesday, I shared about creating a welcome email. And it's encouraging me to revamp my own welcome email. Um, I want to let people choose what type of content they want to receive from Ellen Company right off the bat. Um, so if they want to, you know, see blog posts um, and or L chats or just sign up for the newsletter, they can pick and choose that way. Um, so I want a new welcome email that just invites people onto my list, is personable, not too long, um, but start segmenting people right away so they can get the type of content that they want. Number two is that I want to clean up my tags and my segments. Um, when I first signed up for ConvertKit, I didn't really know what I was doing with tags and segments, which is why I wanted to write that blog post for y'all. Um, I wanted to be able to, yeah, I want to be able to use them effectively. So I need to go through and delete some or change the names of some. Um, and I'm gonna, I plan on doing that this upcoming month before the new year. I also want to do some more segmenting. The cool thing, you can get as complicated or you can keep it as simple as you want. For me, I would love to even start saying, okay, if someone opts in through this um, blog post, through a content upgrade on this blog post, then they are obviously interested in branding, so go ahead and tag them for branding or tag them for Squarespace or whatever the blog post topic is. Even same thing with LChats. Um, the emails that I collect from LChats and the people who opt into the newsletter through LChats, depending on what the topic of the LChat is, I'm able to say, okay, they're interested in productivity or they're interested in, um, in marketing or whatever the topic is and start to segment that way. So based on the type of content that you share, you can get creative with your um, segments and tags that way for topics that people are interested in. And then as you launch new products and services around those topics, you can target that specific part of your list because you know that they've already expressed an interest for that, that they already have a need for it. I also want to create some new sequences for products. So I want to come out with um, some evergreen products or, or turn some things that I already have into evergreen products. And so it would be really helpful for me to go in and create email sequences so that if somebody opts in, it kind of goes into a funnel, um, a sales funnel, where it sends people emails um, that lead them to hopefully make a purchase so I can increase my conversions and increase my sales for my evergreen products. And then I also want to make sure that I'm cleaning out my list once a quarter. So I don't have to do one big clean um, and delete 7,000 people all at once. After two years, I want to do it every three months um, and go through and delete those cold subscribers that I make sure that I have a list that's engaged and interested in what I'm sharing. So those are some of my future plans for managing my list. And I would love to hear what yours are. Um, after listening to this LChat, maybe you even had some in mind before you came into this LChat. But I want to hear it in the comment section. So um, 
take a minute to let me know what your future plans are for your list. Are you encouraged to write a welcome email after this week's newsletter? Are you encouraged to um, clean out your list and clean out your cold subscribers? Do you want to create more tags and segments and be more strategic about that? What are your plans for your list? Um, let me know in the comments section. I see that we also have quite a few questions rolling in here. Um, I'm going to close out that window. Um, Caitlin said, I don't have enough subscribers to clean out, but want to spruce up the welcome email. That's okay. Um, the welcome email is a fantastic start. And really, I think that if I had had a better welcome email um, and really thought through my segments and tags, that I, I wouldn't have had as many cold subscribers is, is my theory. We can see how that works in the upcoming year. I'll keep you all posted. Um, Femi says, same with me, have a better welcome email. That's a great place to start. And if you missed this um, past week's newsletter, I'll include it in the show notes too so you can see it because I have, um, I think, seven tips for writing a welcome email in there. There's more than a handful um, and some that you may not have thought of before. All right, so we have a ton of time to answer some questions right now. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and dive into those. Ashley said, I'm looking to upgrade for MailChimp so that I can easily create some solid sales funnels in 2018. And I'm wondering what email service you use and how well it integrates with Squarespace. So I started on MailChimp too. MailChimp was great because it didn't cost me anything at first. And then it started costing more the more and more subscribers um, that I had. But I love ConvertKit. Um, MailChimp organizes your subscribers by lists. So you might have a list for um, somebody, uh, for your customers, and you might have a list for people who've opted in through a certain content upgrade. Um, you, what ends up happening is that you have the same subscriber popping up on multiple lists if they've been a customer all sorts of things. So you're repeating the number of subs subscribers that you have when you really don't have that many and you end up paying more for them. Um, ConvertKit on the other hand has all of your subscribers. It's just one list, but they separate them using tags and segments. Um, so the organization is a lot easier on the back end of ConvertKit. As far as how, how well it integrates with Squarespace, MailChimp and Squarespace have an integration built in right into Squarespace, as you've probably seen, which makes it really easy to collect emails. ConvertKit makes it really easy to set up opt-ins, but you have to take that code and use a code block in Squarespace and enter it in. Um, you can use a little bit of code to make it look more like your brand um, and fit in well with your website. And so it's not very hard at all to use it with Squarespace. Um, but like on my homepage, I have four opt-ins there with, if you click on a button, I have a pop-up that appears and you can put your name and email in it that way. I set that up through using Zapier and um, I connected ConvertKit and Squarespace that way. So um, long story short, it's fairly easy to integrate um, by setting up those opt-ins. If you want to get a little bit more complicated with it, you can use um, something like Zapier. And um, I, can, I can tell you more about that if you're interested. Um, Rumeza asks, how long did it take you to grow from your 200 mark to your 1,000 mark and then from 1,000 to 10,000 subscribers? Um, 
I didn't put much stock in my list at first. I kind of had a newsletter there. I didn't really know what I was doing with it. Everyone said I needed one, so I just stuck some opt-ins, not really in places even where people could find them. I don't, I don't know how they ended up finding it and signing up, um, but I had a lot of blog traffic coming in, and I put a lot of effort into my blog, and this was probably three years ago. So... Um, that's how I got from my 200 mark to maybe in a thousand, yeah, to a thousand mark. Um, and then at the beginning of last year, I became convinced about mailing lists finally after several people telling me that I needed to get on it and that the money is, is in the list. Um, and I had something that I wanted to launch, so I knew I needed to grow my list. And that's when um, I saw a huge spike in, in my, um, subscribers because I started to put opt-ins in prominent places. I have the four opt-ins on my homepage, which was super, super helpful. I started adding content upgrades into my blog posts. And then I started doing things like this L chat where it collects emails for everyone who tunes in live or wants to catch the replay. Um, I can't automatically add people onto my list from these L chats. I have to send them an email um, inviting them to, to join my list. Um, but I was able to grow it really quickly that way. But I will say that um, my list grew. I gained like 15,000 subscribers in a year um, or more. And I was able to do that because I already had website traffic. People were already coming into my blog posts. I would look and see which blog posts were the most popular and getting the most traffic. And then I'd go in and put a content upgrade there to start collecting emails from that traffic. Um, because I already had people coming to my website, people could sign up for my list that way, and it was just the next step. Um, so, yeah, it was a long time ago <laughs> that I started, started my list, but probably coming up on two years now that I started putting a lot of time and effort into growing my list. And that was through those um, opt-ins in prominent places, content upgrades, and then things like this L chat. And that's when it, it peaked. But website traffic is super important for that. Um, Rita says, I understand how easy it is to get subscribers on a niche that everybody wants, like entrepreneurship. I'm getting yeah, I'm getting a hard time to get subscriptions on my niche, which is dental software for dentists. After making making an email sequence and adding call to actions everywhere and opt-ins, after two weeks, I got one subscriber. Our website has a lot of content. The analytics show that we got 3,000 visits a month. I share everywhere, but people are not signing up. Any thoughts? I'd be interested to see what your content upgrades are, Rita. Um, I would also encourage you, and I've been telling my Freelance Academy students this, and um, it's not necessarily the most fun thing, um, but it's probably the most helpful, is to actually reach out to people who fall in your ideal client niche or fall into your niche and ask them what the most helpful content upgrades might be or what they're looking for, or their biggest struggles are, and then come up with content upgrades around that. You might think that you know, um, but it's better to hear it from the horse's mouth than to just make guesses. So um, a lot of times I think, and Rita said, they like the content they tell us. Um, I wonder if your niche isn't necessarily interested in all of the freebies. Like for us, we're able to do workbooks and things like that. Um, maybe they would be interested in, like I know some people do a 
I don't know, a video on something or that kind of content that would be more helpful for them? Um, that's a great question. That would be a great question to ask the Ellen Company Community Facebook group too because um, some people have some really creative ideas in there. Um, that is a very different niche though. I'll be thinking about that. Sometimes when it, when I'm driving or doing something randomly, things will pop up into my head. But um, I would ask them if they're if they're telling you they like the content, then what kind of freebies um, they would be interested in as well. Maybe it's even premium content. Maybe something as simple as inviting them onto your list to receive more helpful content, like the content you've been sharing, just premium content, would be enough to get them to sign up for your list. Or maybe you start doing live events like this webinar um, and collect emails that way as well. Um, that's a great question, though. Kind of caught me off guard with dental software. That's very different. <laughs> but I think you can make it work nonetheless. All hope is not lost. Hannah says, any advice on balancing emails with blog posts? Should I send out an email every time I have a new post? Or should email lists be handled different than blogging content? Um, I would say segment your list. So allow people to um, sign up or opt into your blog posts if they want them. Um, send everybody the newsletter content, but if people want to see the blog post content, then tag them and send them a separate email. The way I handle it um, is I send my newsletter out on Tuesdays, and then I wanted to start sending out specific emails for blog posts and for LChat. So I post to the blog three times a week, but um, I only send one email, and that's on Friday. So it's a kind of like an in-case-you-missed-it post. Um, here are the three blog posts. What I do is I come up with a really short intro, and then I have my three blog posts. I have the image and, a sh and the intro paragraph with a link to read more for each one of those, um, a short conclusion, and then I sign off. Um, and it seems like people have really enjoyed those posts, those who signed up for um, the blog segment of my list and I haven't had any unsubscribers but that way you're sending your newsletter and um, all that promo stuff to that one part of your list for your newsletter and then you're sending it specifically to the people who want the blog posts um, so great question but I, I was wondering that too with my own list but segmenting has been the best thing for engagement and for click-throughs back to those posts as well um, what happens, Paige asks, what happens with the subscribers who didn't click any link to self-segment themselves? How do you decide what emails to send to them? So for everyone who didn't click that link, and actually looking back, I'm like, why did I even put the newsletter one on there? I think I was just more curious to see what content people were the most interested in. Was it the newsletter, LChat, or blogs, um, blog posts? But I could have kept it off because anybody who didn't self-segment or click any three of those links that I showed y'all, um, I just left them on the newsletter because they were already receiving newsletter content. They hadn't unsubscribed. They weren't cold subscribers. So I'll just send them more of what I already send them. Seems like they enjoy it anyway. So in hindsight, I'm like, why did I even put the newsletter one on there? But um, what can you do? So hopefully y'all can learn from that and maybe just um, give them a couple options for the different types of content you have, but not include the newsletter because they'll keep receiving that one anyway. Um, and Alyssa says, how do you know if the email headline is a good one that people will actually click it? So um, a couple weeks ago in an L chat, I think it was the one for website traffic, I shared um, a helpful resource. It's a workbook 
who gave it? I want to say, man, smart, I don't think it was Smart Blogger. It was a site like that who put together an awesome guide on creating great headlines, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, copy Blogger, thank you, Femi. It was Copy Blogger, not Smart Blogger. That was their old name. It was a Copy Blogger post, um, or actually an ebook kind of that walks you through how to create great headlines. Also, in ConvertKit, you can do A/B testing um, to see which headline works the best. So, how that'll work is you can click—I think it's right in the broadcast now—to A/B test. So you can come up with two different email subjects, and um, one half of the people you're sending it to will get one, and um, will receive one email with one title or headline um, and then the other will the other half will receive the other and you can see which one converts better so you can test out different strategies for naming your emails um, and see or naming your email subjects and seeing which one resonates better um, and I need to be doing that more often as well come up with two and then send it out and see which one does better all right, Olivia said, ConvertKit seems pretty intuitive, but do you recommend any resources for newbies that have never used it before? ConvertKit has a lot of um, really helpful posts on They have a blog, and so search that for how to get started. I found their blog art articles really helpful. I'm getting ready to create more and more resources on ConvertKit because I've had a lot of questions about it recently. So for things like segments or tags, um, I'm trying to think. I think Megan Minns talks about ConvertKit sometimes, um, and she always is really smart about how she organizes things and all of her systems. So check her out as well. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. Um, maybe I need to – actually, I've been – Going, I've been reaching out to people about coming on L chats, and um, Nathan Berry is one of them from ConvertKit who created it. Um, at the very least, someone from ConvertKit, I'm going to have them on, so that might be a good L chat for you to tune into very soon. Um, but yeah, I would search ConvertKit's site too because they have a lot of really, really helpful resources. And the great thing about ConvertKit is that it's set up for people like us, for bloggers, for content creators, for creative business owners, whereas MailChimp is, is kind of universal and made for everyone. This one's made specifically for our industry, and so the setup and everything is, is so much more intuitive. It's very different from MailChimp, so if you're switching over, it's a little bit of a learning curve, but if you start out with ConvertKit, you're good to go. Marlo said, could you please give a brief overview of how you use Zapier with ConvertKit? I hadn't heard of Zapier until now. Sure. So Zapier is kind of a third-party site that connects um, – it does integrations for things that may not have integrations yet. So for things like, for example, Crowdcast and um, ConvertKit, I have a Zap for that. So it connects anybody who um, – opts into an L chat or signs up for an L chat. It connects their email address and their name to, with um, a new sign up in ConvertKit. Um, so Zapier is just a tool for connecting things. And there's so many integrations. You can integrate Google Docs with, I don't know, I don't know what. Um, it's not coming off the top of my head. But a lot of tools and apps online can be connected through Zapier. So what I did, and Zapier will walk you through the steps. You can say, 
I want um, all of the email addresses that I collect through Squarespace, and you can do that. It'll walk you through exactly how to do that. Um, I want all of those to go into ConvertKit, and it matches the names, it matches the email addresses, and it'll set up and run on its own, and you can test it. Um, I'm doing a very poor job of answering this question, but <laughs> that's how it works. It integrates. Um, and maybe that's another blog post that I need to be writing on soon, Zapier, and how you can connect Squarespace and ConvertKit through it. Actually, I've written on this before. Um, if you search Zapier on my site, I've listed it um, specifically for Squarespace and ConvertKit. So hopefully you'll find that helpful, Marlo. Hopefully I did a better job of explaining it in writing, too. All right, Kate said, I haven't launched my site yet, and I have to admit I'm a little confused. What is the difference between MailChimp and ConvertKit? I honestly haven't done much research yet. Would you be willing to clarify? Sure. So MailChimp, um, sorry, I was looking at Marlo's, Marlo's comment. Awesome. Yeah, check out that blog post. So MailChimp um, is, is great to get started on, and and a lot of people get started on it because it's free. ConvertKit doesn't have a free option, but if I could go back and do it over again, I would start on ConvertKit because MailChimp organizes subscribers into different lists. So like I said, you might have a list for, I had, so I'll give you an example. I had a list for my Adobe Illustrator course um, for the first round, and then I had a list for the second round of that course, and then I had a list for my newsletter, and then I had a list for um, the third round of Freelance Academy, or, or I mean Adobe Illustrator, or the waiting list. So I had all of these lists with different people on it. But what ended up happening was that if somebody opted into the newsletter and purchased Adobe Illustrator and was on the waiting list for it, before they were on three different lists and I was paying for them three different times and I didn't really get to know the interests of those subscribers whereas with ConvertKit there's just one list and it has all of your subscribers on it but instead of separating it into lists it tags them so they have different tags so one um, so one subscriber might be tagged for um, receiving blog post content, wanting to receive LCHAT content, and then through where they opted in through, I can tag them for an interest in branding. You can just get really specific. You can even click on the subscriber and see which emails they clicked on, what links they clicked on, which is kind of creepy, but kind of awesome for marketing. Um, so you can really get to know each subscriber better than you can in MailChimp because it was set up specifically for our industry. Another thing that I really, really love about ConvertKit is that content upgrades are so easy to set up. Um, I would get really frustrated with MailChimp automations because they just weren't very straightforward. Um, but with content upgrades, you can easily set them up in ConvertKit. It makes sense. They send um, your subscribers an email that has them click a button to receive the content upgrade, which puts them onto your list. Um, it's just so much easier and more intuitive. And Corey says, was it hard switching from MailChimp to ConvertKit? It really wasn't that hard. And there are some helpful articles out there for for making the switch to. Um, I would say the trickiest thing was just getting used to the different setup and how the how everything worked. Um, and Kristen said, I switched from MailChimp to ConvertKit and there is a night and day difference between the two. ConvertKit is amazing. I agree. And I don't, 
unless I really love an app or a tool, I wouldn't recommend it. I really love ConvertKit, and it's been so incredibly helpful. So the, the hardest thing about the Switch, Corey, is that the lingo is a little bit different, too. So a broadcast is an email that you're sending out, um, so that kind of stuff. But once you get the hang of it, you will love it. So I hope that answers your question, Kate. Um, great question. Um, at what point did you set up your CRM after starting a blog? For example, did you wait until you started receiving a certain amount of web traffic or until you'd posted a certain number of posts? And she said CRM meaning either ConvertKit or MailChimp. Um, I didn't wait until I started receiving a certain amount of web traffic. Actually, I wish that I had started much sooner. So I would recommend that if you're starting your website, go ahead and start your mailing list and start getting people onto your mailing list through your website. I think um, it's definitely easier to grow your list if you have um, site traffic coming in. I mean, that just kind of makes sense. But I would, um, I would. They go hand in hand, so you can get people onto your list through your website, and then you can point people back to your to your website through your list. So go ahead and start doing that. I wish I had done it a whole lot sooner and just been thinking through content upgrades and, and how to do all of that. Um, Paige says, with Zapier, Crowdcast and ConvertKit, when someone does or does not attend your webinar, does Zapier move that info over to ConvertKit? Thinking about sending replay emails to those who didn't attend live and wanted to know if Zapier does that. That is a great question, and I don't think that they have that option right now the last time I checked. Um, but what is kind of cool is that I'm in a Facebook group for ConvertKit affiliates and um, the creator, Sai, asked us, you know, what integrations we'd love to see. And I said I would love more integrations between Crowdcast and ConvertKit for like tagging and that sort of thing. This would be another great option that I'm actually after this webinar going to go in and add um, to ask him if we could send replay emails to those who didn't attend it live. I think that is an awesome idea. I'm also inviting Sai on an L chat in a couple weeks. Um, I'm going to do a business spotlight on him and ask him some questions about how he created this platform and um, and what his plans are for it in the future. It's going to be so much fun to just pick his brain about how he created a platform. So many of us have services and we do passive income like courses and and that sort of thing. It's a whole other thing to take on creating a tool like this. So I'm really excited to have him on. So we can ask him about that then too, Paige. Just remind me. Um, yeah. So thank you for asking that. That's an awesome, awesome idea. Yale asks, how on earth do you come out with three blog posts a week? How do you have time creativity to come up with that much content? You are kind. Um, I actually like to repurpose content. So one of those posts every week is the LChat replay. So um, a week ago I did, or two weeks ago, I did an LChat on why weekly webinar series can transform your business. And one of the huge reasons for that was repurposing content. So I've committed to three blog posts a week knowing I'm only writing two because the content that I'm using for these LChats creates a blog post and I can repurpose that content. I can also share it on YouTube, which I do. I'm doing Facebook Live right now as we speak, so I can repurpose this content. And so one of the blog posts comes from that. 
Um, and I really do enjoy writing and sharing content with you uh, every single week. So writing two blog posts is a lot better than when I used to write five blog posts a week and share them every weekday. Um, and I found that once you just get in a routine, it gets easier and easier to write content. You start to connect with your audience and really see what um, their needs are and what they need help with. So for example, I came up with a couple blog post ideas in this webinar because y'all are asking about Zapier and connecting apps and asking more about ConvertKit and how to switch over for MailChimp. So these, I'm logging these all away and um, you might see them in blog posts very soon. Um, and I found that blog posts are easier to write when I'm excited about the topic and when I feel like I know what I'm talking about on the topic. Um, there's one that I'm writing right now where I've had to do a ton of research and it's actually on segments and tags for ConvertKit. And because I have, don't feel like I've mastered it yet, um, it's taking me longer to write. But once you get in a habit of it, it gets easier and easier. And I always say that if I heard myself say this three years ago, I'd probably slap myself. Um, but it was honestly easier when I was writing five days a week because it was such a part of my routine. It's actually harder now writing less um, times a week because it's not a part of my daily routine like it was then. So the more and more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, I always recommend for people to start out slow and add on as you can um, realistically while not sacrificing the quality of your content. But long story short, creating habits and um, Repurposing content is super helpful for blogging three days a week. I think that's all the questions. Um, thank you for all of those questions. A lot of good ones in there. If you have any other questions about ConvertKit or deleting cold subscribers or segments, any of that, feel free to jump in the Ellen Company community um, and we can start a conversation over there and get some input from, from everyone else who's tuning in too. Um, whether you're watching the replay or listening to it on iTunes. Um, I want to carry on this conversation. I want you all to be able to benefit from it too. But stay on the lookout because next week I'm going to be sharing a post all about, like I said, this is the one that's taking me a long time to write. I'm going to be sharing a post about tags and segments and how you can start organizing your list strategically um, from the get-go or you can go back through and organize your list so you can really utilize it and reap the benefits of um, growing a mailing list. So I hope that's helpful for y'all. Next week, in next week's L Chat, um, I'm really excited because for the last 10 L Chats, ever since I started back up after taking a break this summer, um, they've been solo L Chats, which I love. But um, I'm starting what I'm calling a business spotlight series. So you'll see these every once in a while. It's not going to be every week. But I'm bringing on... Um, a creative entrepreneur, like I said, Sai is coming on in a couple weeks from Crowdcast. I'm bringing on a creative entrepreneur and just asking them questions about their story and what they're up to and what they're really good at and what they're known for. Um, and so next week, I'm going to bring on Laura Casey from Cultivate What Matters. And I'm really excited to have Laura on. She's been a friend of mine for years now. I've always admired her business savvy and how she runs her business in the midst of being 
a mom um, who is homeschooling. She has a team. She's in the midst of writing her third book. She seems to be able to do it all and do it all well. And so I'm excited to bring her on next week and pick her brain. But the great things about the great thing about this business spotlight series, it looks like some of y'all have definitely heard of Laura. She's wonderful. Um, the great thing about these series, though, is that I always leave 15 minutes at the end to answer your questions. And so you'll get to ask Laura questions at the end of it as well. So if you want to go ahead and register, you can go to ellencompanydesign.com slash LCHAT and register there. Or if you're tuning in on Crowdcast, you can click my account, follow along with my account, and you can see all the upcoming LCHATs there. Um, and I agree with you, Hannah. It's always extremely inspirational to hear other people's success stories and how they were able to grow their business. I always think it's wise to learn from people who have gone before you and who think differently than you and can push you. Um, I don't know. I, I get the most motivation from hearing other people's stories. So I hope you all will join me for that and enjoy those. Um, we're going to have more of those popping up every now and then on LChat. Thanks so much for tuning in to the LChat podcast. For show notes, a replay of the original live stream, slides, and more, head on over to ellencompanydesign.com slash LChat. Hope you'll join in again soon.